this is WTM. Watch this movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. I ain't drinking up. First, you gotta do the Trump shuffle. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. W-G-M. Watch this movie. So I've been seeing a lot of TV commercials for the new Child's Play movie. Yeah. And I hadn't watched the trailer yet because I'm like, eh, I don't know. Not that interested in it. But Andy is way older in the remake. Yeah. And I don't know how that's going to play because half the fun of the original is like it works because Andy is so young and naive. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I also think it works that Chucky is not a CGI uh, fake nothing. Is he CGI? I couldn't tell if it was... It, it was just short clips in the commercial, so I don't know. I couldn't tell if he was CGI or an actual doll. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be just like CGI. Unless it's like a... A hybrid? Yeah. Some animatronics and a little CGI or... Uh, or like they just... Hire a couple of little people. They just have Built like, some big sets. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I just for like when he's carrying them around and stuff, I'm sure they have like a you know, just a doll that he carries around and then it's got those little dots on it. Man, I thought it looked pretty sweet in the first one when they used those big sets with the little person. Yeah. Like that Chucky. I thought that was fun. I always like when they do that stuff. <laughs> like get some get some little people some work. Some forced perspective for you. You know? Well, it worked too because they're the same size. Mm-hmm. Chucky and Andy were the same size, and I don't know if they. How old do you think the kid is in the remake? Ten, twelve? Yeah, I don't know. Ten, maybe. He seems way too old. Yeah, and I think his mom is younger than the mom in the original. But then again, I don't know, because I think it's Aubrey Plaza plays the the mom. If he is like 10 or 12, I think there will be a stark contrast to the original if there's scenes in which Andy goes to go take a piss. <laughs> I gotta take a tinkle. <laughs> it just shows a pissing in the corner. You stay here, Chucky. <laughs> as long as he calls him Chucky. Mm-hmm. Real stunt like that, maybe. All the lines in the TV spots are straight out of the original, though. Like yeah, verbatim. So I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, not hold out much hope, but who knows? I've always kind of liked uh, Aubrey Plaza, so yeah, be interesting to see if she, you know, plays it a hundred percent straight, or if she tries to do some comedic stuff in there. Yeah, I don't know. We shall see. Well, welcome back. To WTM, watch this movie. I am Eric Mulder. So he says, wrecked him, damn near killed him. The other voice you hear belongs to Mr. Positivity. Hello, sir. How are you? Hello. Did you see the big announcement on the I Twitter? Did. I did. On Twitter. I also received multiple emails. We <laughs> Did you? Well, from Teespring. 
<laughs> I didn't know you checked that that mailbox. So whatever. I don't. It's on my phone. I don't know how many. I don't know what they send you. So I don't know. Your new listing is live. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, we have merchandise. It's available now. Teespring.com slash stores slash WTM watch this movie. We got t-shirts, hoodies, long sleeve t-shirts, crew neck sweatshirts. We got coffee mugs. We got stickers. We got cell phone cases. We got beach towels. Sure do. We got we got a lot of stuff. So uh, we got two designs up right now. We got a uh, brand new neon colored logo. Mm-hmm. Uh and then there's also one, a, one of many new logos we will have. Yeah. We're probably going to have like a main, more generic looking logo. It'll kind of be like the official logo, but then we'll kind of switch it up throughout the year with different seasons or themes for movies that we'll kind of switch it up. Yeah. And we, we already have some stuff in the works. Um, also available, the Mr. Positive, Mr. Positivity Wolfie T uh, design. Which, you get it on a T. You can get a Wolfie TT. Yeah. You can get a T shirt with, with uh, the wolf man on there. <laughs> you can get a, a cell phone case, coffee mug, whatever you want. You know, anything we appreciate your your help in supporting the show. The next design that we'll be putting up will be up there probably uh this weekend because you're going to want it for your 4th of July celebrations. <laughs> it's going to sure. be a USA-themed red, white, and blue WTM logo. Another thing the guys at Movie Drone would just love to have. <laughs> USA, <laughs> USA, <laughs> USA. It doesn't say mega on it. It's just you could be a proud to be American <laughs> like we are here at WTM. We'll get it up there so you can order it and, and hopefully be delivered. Before July 4th. Um, yeah. And then I'll announce that on Twitter and, you know, we'll we'll let you know what's up there on our next episode too. But uh, check it out. Teespring.com slash stores slash WTM watch this movie. Yeah. Special thanks to Steve from Movie Drone. He purchased a shirt. Yeah. Way to go, Steve. He didn't want to get the shirt with the Wolfie T on it though because he didn't want it to go to your head. Well, I put it up there for him because <laughs> Steve loves my voice and he won't stop talking about it. So I thought I'm going to do Steve a favor. I will make some Mr. Positivity Wolfie T merchandise. And to hear him say stuff like that kind of hurts my feelings. But I appreciate the support of buying one of the uh, the neon logo T-shirts. Well, a lot of people that are in the ASMR are usually kind of embarrassed about it. So... <laughs> I'm guessing that's what it is. It's an ASMR thing. Well, if you can advertise <laughs> it on your podcast, you know, you can get a, a you don't have to be, get a t-shirt. You can get a coffee mug. You can get stickers. You can get a cell phone case. You know, you got a lot of stuff. We even got kids and toddler sizes. Mm-hmm. And you can put a WTM onesie on your baby. Yeah. Something nice for the wife and kids. So, <laughs> you know, men's sizes, women's sizes. We got you covered. Um, if you got any questions about uh, or, you know, what kind of other merchandise we can offer, just let us know. We'll let you know if we can get it done. 
Or if you got ideas for WTM logo uh, designs that that you want to see if we can put it out there for you, hit me up too. I'm open to anything. You know, I'll give it my best shot. Yeah, the current logo you have on Teespring, uh, the lettering is modeled after the Drive font. Yes, font from the movie Drive. Same color too. We have a we have a Warriors one. Yep, there's there's one that's uh it's like a graffiti tag that was inspired by the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, and then down the road we're gonna have one or two special ones for our horror exp- extravaganza. Yep. So, and then I don't know. I'll probably do, you know, a couple uh, holiday ones down the road too. We'll see. Mm-hmm. See what I can get done. Yeah. Uh, speaking of movie drone. They challenged us. Stay off their wall of shame. Ain't no shame in my game. <laughs> we're, uh, we were really tempted to just say, fuck you guys. <laughs> Leave us up there. We don't care. And they got to talk about us every episode. But then he retweeted both the last episode and the link to our store. And he bought a shirt. So uh, I think we owe, we owe Steve, uh, a, you know. To give them a question is what they asked for to keep us yeah. off the wall of shame. Uh, so we we sent one over. I don't know if we're going to come up with a second one, but we... I don't know. I mean, it seems like that one question will keep them pretty busy. I don't know if I should put more on their plate, but... Uh, it is a, it is a, a bit of a two-parter. Yeah. They, uh, they usually record on Fridays, I believe. Yeah. So those episodes usually come out Friday night, Saturday, maybe? Uh, They've come out over the weekend. Sunday. Before. They usually release on Sunday. Oh, do they? Yep. I thought sometimes it was Saturday. Well, they're in the UK, so um, yeah. I mean the UK. Oh wait, <laughs> they're uh, what <laughs> seven hours ahead of us? Maybe. Uh, I think it's six. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe because of daylight savings time, it's different. But <laughs> but yeah, you had the idea to ask them. Since Father's Day is coming up, you uh, wanted to ask them what they think their uh, what they think the best and worst movie dads are. Yes. in cinema history. If you've been with us for a while, you know that a couple years ago we got the bright idea of doing a top five episode of the worst movie dads, mm-hmm. where we each made a list of terrible dads in movies. Yep. Not. Based on like acting or, you know, anything like that, but actual uh, fatherly behavior, how they act as a dad within the movie, and we went into some detail, and then we listened back, and we said we can't release this episode, <laughs> a real dark, real fast, <laughs> and so just a bunch of like child abusing, rapists, murdering dads. Yeah, a lot of, a lot. Of, <laughs> A lot of unconsensual incests. Uh, and uh, so we never released it. And then it was lost in the the mass deletion. Uh, which happened, of 2017? Yeah, whenever that happened. And uh, so it's lost forever. But uh, based on that, I thought, hey, let's see what, uh, what the movie drone uh, fellas can come up with. And so it's not quite as depressing. We'll also do the opposite and ask them about some of the best dads. 
yeah, uh, I'm not sure if I'll give them another question or not, but you can find out if I did by listening to their new episode when it drops this weekend. Yeah, check it out. Movie Drone. Thanks again to our friends from across the pond. I always hated that phrase. Across Across the the pond? Across the pond. Oh, yeah? It's very much overused. It's uh, it's too hip for you? (laughs) It's, (laughs) It's played out. Yeah. What can I say? About that phrase that hasn't already been said about Afghanistan. <laughs> this shit is played out, is bombed out, and depleted. What if I said, uh... That's from Chappelle's show, Play Heard His Ball. What if I just said, like, on the other side of the puddle? <laughs> let's let's <just laughs> st- stop minimizing the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> it has feelings, just like any other individual. Yeah. You need to be body positive. Is Ocean it? positive. <laughs> it's a body of water. You need to be body of water positive. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we should probably get this started. This is just a recently seen episode. But once again, we are, you know, we have the new segment, Movie Challenge. Uh, last week, you heard Brett talk about uh, Dragged Across Concrete uh, during an extra kind of a extended discussion that contains spoilers, which we... Uh, you know, do at the very end of the episode. So if you haven't seen the movie, you know, you can kind of tune out there so it doesn't get ruined for you. Mm-hmm. But uh, last week, Brett challenged me to higher learning. To yes. watch higher learning. And uh, so all when we go through our movies uh, that were recently seen, I'll talk about it there, you know, without spoilers. And then we'll quote unquote wrap up the show and then we'll have our discussion or extended discussion on higher learning. Yeah. But first, we're going to go over the ratings again? Yeah, let's do it. For Might our, as well. For our new listeners. We have a five-tiered rating system that sounds more confusing than it actually is. You can think of it like a five-star rating system, but it's not. But there are five levels. The very top level, the best of the best, is ASAP. Watch this movie as soon as possible. That is the cream of the crop movies. Your 2001s, your Citizen Kane's, Pulp Fiction, you know, just like classics throughout history mm-hmm. type of thing. Uh, one step down from that is Soonish. Watch this movie, Soonish. Those are the ones that, you know, the best of the rest. They kind of just missed the cut. All great films. Uh, and the middle tier is eventually, uh, we f- deem these movies to be worth your time. You should at least see it eventually. Uh, and if the movie is currently in theaters, we recommend to see it in the theater because that's always the best place to watch a movie. So even though it says eventually it's currently in theaters, go see it in theaters. Same goes for Soonish and ASAP, although mm. the ASAP is a very rare rating. Right. And we give it all once or twice a year, that type of deal. So a lot of the movies on the list are generally older and not in cinemas. Uh, second from the bottom is Last Resort. You know, there, there's some movies in there that we like, but we wouldn't necessarily say that it's required viewing for other people or you're like, yeah, maybe not a lot of people would like this, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Some of them are worth a, a chance uh, for you, the listener. Uh, you might really like a couple of them, but we thought the chances are much lower for these types of movies. And the bottom uh, tier is the, the never category. Watch this movie never. Never. Pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Worst of the worst. Don't bother. 
like a movie like Plan 9 from Outer Space or The Room, you know, movies that are quote unquote so bad they're good or, mm-hmm. you know, movies that people like to watch ironically or things like that. We generally don't even put that in the never category. We just kind of throw those in the last resort category. Or even eventually, you know. If it's, it's, I mean, if there's some we really like. If it's if it's something like, like, that's a cultural phenomenon like Plan 9 or The Room, you know, mm-hmm. it may get to it eventually because, you know, it is so bad it's good, you know, it's entertaining. Yeah. Whereas the never category is it's so bad it's bad for the most part. Yeah. And uh, even some of the movies that are quote-unquote so bad they're good, some of them actually have uh, some very creative aspects to them. Like mm-hmm. Plan 9, yeah, editing's a mess, and you know there's bad acting and certain things like that, but the sets they have and the props for that time period is very creative. Yeah. I mean, Ed Wood, of course, is famous for being a terrible filmmaker. However, he did uh, incorporate some creative uh, things into his films. And it's unintentionally funny, too. So um, you'll still get something out of it. You'll be entertained throughout. So uh, that I would... Movies that are like that, I I would say, uh, for the most part, would not be included in our never category. Yeah. It's it's movies where you get nothing out of them. Yeah. Like, you you regret watching it. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do it. What did you see, Clarice? What did you see? What I'll, did you see, Brett? I'll start so you can do uh, higher learning last. All right. I watched a horror movie from 2016 called Terrifier. Uh, it's on Netflix, right? It's on Netflix. Okay. Is written and directed by Damien Leon. It stars Jenna Cannell, Samantha Scafidi, David Howard Thornton, Catherine Corcoran, uh, Puya Mosani, Matt McAllister. That's pretty much the main cast. Synopsis is a maniacal clown terrorizes three young women on Halloween night and everyone else who stands in his way. I love this movie. This movie was fantastic. Hmm. Um, It's very much a a a grindhouse style movie. Excessively violent. Very gory. The clown is Art the Clown. And he is... An amazing antagonist. Uh, I would put him up there with the top movie, you know, killers, slasher killers of all time. You know, he takes a little bit from, you know, Freddy Krueger, from Jason Voorhees, from Michael Myers. But he also has something completely unique about him. And, like, you can't take your eyes off him. Like, you... You can't stop watching this guy. He's uh he's a French mute clown. <laughs> and he's he just goes around and uh you know basically tortures and kills people is is the, what gets him off, I guess. He said he's a French mute clown. So he's a, he's like a French style clown. Okay. 
Yeah. This is in set in France. No. You don't typically watch subtitle movies. No. Um, you haven't seen the, the show Baskets, but in that show, Zach Galifianakis plays a character that goes to France to learn how to be a clown. Mm-hmm. And Ark the Clown is the same style clown as Baskets. He's got the same black and white outfit, black and white face paint. Okay. And it's uh, a lot of miming work and, mm-hmm. you know, facial expressions and stuff. So there's a lot of humor in there, but it's also, you know, they build a lot of tension. And then, like I said, it's that grindhouse style, really violent, really gory, um, but just a ton of fun. So I would recommend Terrifier WTM Soonish. Ooh. Higher rating. Soonish. For a horror movie, no less, on Netflix. And a newer one, too. Mm-hmm. I did see they're making a sequel, so I thought, well, I've heard good things. I better watch it. They're making a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> I'd recommend it to everybody who loves that kind of, you know, horror and grindhouse-style genre. All right. First movie I'm going to talk about came out in 1987. Also a horror movie, Stage Fright, directed by Mikhail Soavi. Soavi? <laughs> As a foreign director directing an American yeah. horror film. Watched it on uh, Shudder. Uh, stars David Brandon, Barbara Kupisti, Mickey Knox, Giovanni Lombardo, Clayne Parker, James Sampson. Mary Sellers, Martin Phillips. Uh, Synopsis. A group of stage actors lock themselves in the theater for a rehearsal of their upcoming musical production, unaware that an escaped psychopath has sneaked into the theater with them. So they're doing this weird musical. Uh, They're rehearsing. Yeah. Going back and forth. And uh, I guess a couple of the actors end up at uh, a mental institution down the road. Yeah, I, I've seen it. Uh, yeah. I don't think I talked about it on the podcast. One of them, they, it's the only medical facility in the area, and one of mm-hmm. them needs... She sprained an ankle or yeah. something like that? <laughs> she needs somebody to look at her her foot. So they go to the head shrinker. Yeah. And while they're there, um, there's a, a murderous psychopath that was locked up, and he escapes and sneaks into the back of their car. Which then goes back to the rehearsal space, yeah. Which is like a big, uh, like sound stage, just mm-hmm. a big sound stage building. So he sneaks inside and ends up locking everyone else inside with him during a storm. You know, that's the cops don't know about it, so it's like everyone's trapped inside this building with the killer. Yep. It, and it, like they took inspiration from the uh, mental hospital. Like oh, we heard about this uh, patient there. And they incorporated him into the musical, and so yeah. they were like acting out, <laughs> like there was a murderer. Uh, there was a murderer in the uh, play. Yeah, and so they like modeled it after him. Mm-hmm. Gets it like a little meta, almost a little bit. I did like the director of the play. He was something as just the fucking asshole. Yeah, he's he's a real sleaze bag. I guess one of the things I guess this movie's a little more famous for is the the mask that the killer wears is a big owl mask. 
So yeah. if you've ever seen a... It's like a mascot head. Yeah. So it goes around killing most of them wearing that huge mascot <laughs> owl head. And it takes them a while to figure out that he's actually killing people in there because like you said, like he kind of infiltrates the the rehearsal wearing the the mask mm-hmm. and then they don't realize that he's actually murdering people like during the rehearsal. Yeah. Uh, I thought this movie was a whole lot of fun. I thought there was some good genuine scares in there. I liked uh, some of the imagery quite a bit. I know you weren't the a big fan of this movie, right? No, I was, I was disappointed in it. I didn't think it was that great. Good. We disagree. You would give it a like a last resort, correct? I would give it a last resort, yeah. Okay. I will give it an eventually. Eventually. Now, if you went to our website, and went to the rating section. Mulder updates that, so he'd probably put his own in there. No, I haven't updated it in like <laughs> nine months. <laughs> I we, need to. We do need to put a link to the store on there, too. So Yeah, I'll have to do that. Do that at some point. I mean, if you type in typed in stage fright, this episode would come up because it'd be listed underneath it, but then it would list it, it at least eventually will list it mm. in one of the ratings pages. Yep. And I'll probably just stick it under last resort. Like if I said soonish and you said last resort, I put it eventually to meet in the middle, but usually there's yeah. uh when it's only, you know, there's, when there's no rating in between it, I kind of just do a little give and take. This one I'll give to you. Other ones I might fight you on, but. Yeah, this one I'll, I'll put in the last resorts for you, but so that's what's always uh, nice to see that if you search a movie title on our website and you see it in the rating system, but then oh, they also talk about it in one or two episodes. Yeah, it's good to go there to check them out as well because you probably get if it's listed in two episodes, two different people you know reviewed it basically on the yeah. show. And then you get some background as to why we gave the the rating that we did. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, what was the next movie you saw recently? I watched 2018's Ooh. Halloween. I'm a fan. The remake or the uh, reboot or sequel, as you will. It was directed by David Gordon Green. It stars Jamie Lee Curtis... Judy Greer, Andy Matichek, uh James Jude Courtney, Nick Castle, Haluk Bilgener, Will Patton, uh, Rion Reese, Jefferson Hall, Toby Huss. Because nobody beats him. Is that who that is? That's the whiz. I seen him on the <laughs> Nissan commercial. Like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> it's the Wiz. The Wiz. <laughs> <laughs> nobody beats me I, I keep seeing him he's doing some car commercial i forget you just recognize him from my the logo on my fantasy football team uh i'll throw some other names out here miles robbins drew scheid uh, that's probably that's probably enough of the cast god it was like i know that guy from <laughs> <laughs> like oh it's that one episode of seinfeld <laughs> Then I saw him in this, like, oh, okay, that's what he's done. That didn't didn't even occur to me. Uh, Synopsis, Laurie Strode confronts her longtime foe, Michael Myers, the masked figure who has haunted her since she narrowly escaped his killing spree on Halloween night four decades ago. 
uh, uh, yeah, I didn't know what to expect going into this, but uh, I really liked it. This was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Another great horror movie from the last couple of years, which, you know, the horror genre is really hit and miss lately. The last probably one or two decades, I'd say. Especially these remakes and reboots of mm-hmm. classic movies, but this was really, really good. Yeah, I thought they did a great job of incorporating, or at least, uh, I guess I should say, telling the story of the effect that the encounter with Michael Myers had on Laurie Strode. Yep. And how she spent the last 40 years just getting ready to, uh, you know, get her revenge, I guess you would say. Um, And then how her mental instability has affected her daughter and her granddaughter. Um, And I thought they, they did a great job with that dynamic. Plus, you get to watch two annoying podcasters get murdered. So yeah. isn't that fun? Fucking, <laughs> fucking true crime podcasters. <laughs> no offense to any true crime podcasters or podcast fans here, but, you know, stick to the studio. You know. <laughs> How does $3,000 sound? You didn't, like, offer, like, a thousand first, like, work your way up? <laughs> what, would, what would they have done if she said, uh, no, I want more? Got nowhere to go. So, uh, but yeah, there's, uh, there's a couple of uh, scenes in here that, you know, really caught me off guard. And like, damn, you know, I, I didn't see them coming. Not necessarily jump scares, but, like, uh, I guess just... Uh, swerves that you, you you didn't expect to happen which i won't spoil here in case anybody hasn't seen it um i will say the uh the granddaughter's boyfriend his friend looks like the illegitimate son of rocky dennis yes <laughs> which i don't know i didn't know people had faces shaped like that it's a weird shaped head <laughs> so i was a little distracted by that but Overall, a great movie. Uh, I thought Michael Myers was played extremely well. You know, they they left the uh, the mystery behind his character intact. They kept him as a you know a stone cold killing machine, and uh, great job all around. Another WTM soonish. All right, soonish. Well, I'm gonna. Keep it in the 80s for this next flick that I finally saw. I've heard so much about. From 1988, Heathers. Oh, you finally watched Heathers? Yeah. Love that movie. Directed by Michael Lehman. Starring Minnesota's very own Winona Ryder. Oh, you betcha, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Christian Slater. Shannon Doherty. Lisa Ann Falk. Kim Walker, Penelope Milford, Glenn Shaddix, uh, Jeremy Applegate, Sherry Wills. Uh, synopsis. In order to get out of the snobby clique that is destroying her good girl reputation, an intelligent teen teams up with a dark sociopath in a plot to kill the cool kids. It's real. It's a plot to kill the Heathers. <laughs> uh, the Heathers are a... Uh, 
clique of popular girls that all the yes. first name Heather. Just just be glad you didn't see the uh, the Paramount Network miniseries that came out last year. That was a remake of Heather's. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't see it. It was <laughs> bad. And then uh, when they were airing it was the same time that they had a couple of mass shootings going on. So they just kind of butchered it, and then they didn't even show the finale. Just brushed it under the rug. Yeah, they just kind of like, eh, we'll show you some of it, but we're not going to finish it. And there's basically multiple school shootings in here. <laughs> <laughs> I know, the one from the 80s, it's like, man, if you're going to remake that one uh, in 2019. <laughs> and they tried. They turned the Heathers into to really hardcore like social justice warriors. And so they were shaming people for not being, you know, PC uh, enough and stuff like that. And like the, the main one was, uh, you know, she was a bigger girl. So, you know, she was all about body positivity. And then they had a, uh, one of the Heathers was transgender. Um, and so like it was a, it was a pretty big change from the, the original movie. Um, but they definitely tried to update it for for today's audience. I see. Yeah, this is a uh, peak Christian Slater. This is right in his heyday. Yeah, late eighties, early nineties. He was just on fire. Yeah, pump up the volume. True Romance, uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. He yeah. was all over Hollywood. Great performance in here. Uh, there's a lot of funny moments. Obviously, there's some dark humor in here as well. Maybe mm. some gallows humor. Yes. Uh, yeah, I will give it a soonish. Soonish. It's probably the rating you gave it, right? I think that's what I gave it. I don't remember, okay. but probably a soonish. Because you just saw that within the past year, right? Yeah, I think I watched it right before the series came out last year. Maybe it was within the last year or two. I definitely talked about it on the the podcast here. Okay. If I if I didn't give it a soonish, you can change it to a soonish. Uh, my next movie came out in 1994, and it's called Disclosure. It's uh, directed by Barry Levinson. It's based on a Michael Crichton novel. 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 Michael Crichton novel. From the book, motherfucker. From the book. It stars Michael Douglas. Demi Moore. Michael Crichton novel. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't he write Jurassic Park and then he wrote the novelization of the movie Jurassic Park? I'm not sure. I think there was some weird situation like that for that. But he also did uh, Congo, I think. I think he wrote Congo. Maybe. Because the 90s is all about what kind of movie can we make out of this he a did, certain Michael Crichton novel. He did Westworld. That's right. I think he actually uh, directed Westworld, or he wrote the screenplay for it, too. But it was based on his book. Mm-hmm. So anyways, Michael Douglas, Demi Moore, Donald Sutherland, uh, Carolyn, or Caroline Goodall, Roma Mafia, Dylan Baker, Rosemary Forsyth, Dennis Miller, Susie Plaxon, Nicholas Sadler, Jacqueline Kim. That's the main cast. Uh, let's see. 
Synopsis. A computer specialist is sued for sexual harassment by a former lover-turned-boss who initiated the act forcefully, which threatens both his career and his personal life. So this is Michael Douglas having his own personal Me Too movement, uh, moment. It's another movie where Michael Douglas uh, cheats on his wife with a much younger woman than him, which I think was a requirement for casting Michael Douglas in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, Michael Douglas gets passed up for a promotion in favor of Demi Moore, who uh, they used to uh, be lovers, as it said in the synopsis. And the first night she's uh, his boss, she invites him up to her office and she starts forcing herself on him. And then uh, he kind of, you know, he, he resists and then he kind of retaliates and then just kind of forces her off of him and she claims that he forced himself on her hmm. so from there it's uh you know her word against his and they're they don't want to go to court so they decide to mediate and it's the world's fastest court system because this whole movie takes place over the course of one week hmm. <laughs> so they're you know Rape happens on Monday. Mediation starts Tuesday. Take me through. Okay, well, yeah, it was like I'm going on the road. Cut to in the pond. No, don't cut. <laughs> yeah. Cut to. <laughs> it's it's weird because it's like, you know, the, the incident happens on Monday. Tuesday starts mediation, and then by Friday, everything's resolved. So it's... uh. I would say it's probably more relevant today than it was in 1994, mm-hmm. um, all things considered. But I th- I think it will ruffle a few people's feathers because it kind of minimizes the sexual harassment and, and abuse that women take uh, and then implies that it's, um, you know, because it happened to a man, it's much more, you know, egregious or... Uh, much worse. Um, there's a there's a line in the movie where Michael Douglas's wife basically says, you know, uh, just because it happened to you doesn't mean it hasn't been happening to other people in the past. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, women have been dealing with this forever, and we just suck it up and you know move on with our lives. So, I think that kind of attitude will probably not play well in 2019. But I, I think it's still worth watching this uh, WTM eventually. All right. For disclosure. Eventually. Well, we're going to get into the movie challenge here pretty quick. Last week, Brett challenged me to watch Higher Learning, which I did. From 1995, directed by the late John Singleton. Starring Omar Epps, Christy Swanson, Michael Rapoport, Jennifer Connelly, Ice Cube, Jason Wiles, Tyra Banks, Cole Hauser, Lawrence Fishburne, Regina King, Buster Rhymes, uh, Jay Ferguson, and uh, Adam Goldberg. Pretty good cast. Yeah. 
synopsis is people from all different walks of life encounter racial tension, rape, responsibility, and the meaning of an education on a university campus. This movie's very 90s. Kind of a good time capsule movie, I guess. Uh, it's kind of a collage of different storylines. Yeah, it's very ambitious. Yeah, that's probably why it doesn't work for me, just because he tries to do so much with this movie. Yeah. And it's like, well, he's trying his darndest, you know, but it just doesn't quite come all together, I don't think, which ends up kind of hurting it for me. But I'm still glad I watched it. Some of the performances were pretty good. Um, I liked uh, Lawrence Fishburne in there, although I'm not sure why he was an immigrant. So he has an accent <laughs> the whole time. Do you want a peppermint? <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. But. Gentlemen, do you want a peppermint? <laughs> I think the first time I watched it, I felt the same way as you. It was it was like almost too much, mm-hmm. you know. But then I found myself like, man, I want to watch that movie again. Mm-hmm. And like, on, as I, I've seen it, you know, a couple times since the first one. And I was like, this is really good shit. Yeah, I definitely, you know, enjoyed it enough. I'd watch it again. Yeah, um, enjoyed Ice Cube and his uh, group of friends, uh, Busta Rhymes, and some yeah. other people. Yeah, it was it was interesting to kind of see it because I haven't I love Boys in the Hood. Yeah. Uh but I haven't really seen all that many John Singleton films. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting seeing what he was doing in the 90s. Yeah. Cuz his follow-up to Boys in the Hood was Poetic Justice, and I was not a fan of that. And I, I'm a huge Tupac fan. I I thought I liked Poetic Justice. Well, I mean, but it's 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 been a long time since I've seen it, but I remember when I saw it I was like why is Tupac in this shitty movie? It's just him and uh, Janet Jackson yelling at each other. Yep. The whole time. Probably because he wouldn't take an AIDS test forever. <laughs> there was a stigma about that movie where uh, there was a sex scene and Janet Jackson was demanding that Tupac take an AIDS test that before she would yeah. consent to it. Well, that's what he alleged on that. That They talk about on that uh, documentary, um, Tupac Resurrection. Okay. He's like, if we're actually going to have sex, I'll gladly take an right. AIDS test to have sex with Janet Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, back to higher learning. Hmm. I just, I mean, the, the themes and things he talks about, Boys in the Hood, I believe he, you know, he's from LA. And I think he no. just knew that, he knew that story all too well. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's part of the reason Boys in the Hood turned out so great is because it's kind of focused on kind of one thing and it's something he knows really well and he executed it perfectly, especially for, that was a first time yeah. young director. Boys in the Hood being your first movie, that's I, just fucking knocked it out of the park. He was really young too because he was 51 when he died just last month. Mm-hmm. So. This is early 20s. Yeah. Yeah, like 21, 22, directing that thing, mm-hmm. which is nuts to think about. With this movie, I think he just bit off a little more than he could chew. I mean, more than anyone could chew. It's not just him. Yeah. He's trying to tackle a lot of different subjects in this movie. Mm-hmm. He's out there, you know, race relations, rape, you know. It's it's kind of what you come into contact with when you go to college as well. So yeah. I can kind of see why he had that ambition, but mm-hmm. it just doesn't. Maybe it's just more of a thing where some of the performances or aspects of the movie just don't quite hold up. But, you know, it's been, 
you know, 24 years or whatever, but I don't know. Recommend you give it a try. But I think I'll have to give it a last resort, though. It's a last resort. So like I said, I, th- I think um, if you watch it, you know, a second or a third time, like mm-hmm. you start to kind of pick up all the stuff that's going on and it, put it together more. Mm-hmm. Whereas, yeah, first time viewing, I can see how you can kind of get lost in all the, uh, you know, different storylines that are going on. Um, personally, I'd give it a soonish, so we'll probably split the difference on that one. Mm-hmm. But yeah. All right. There you go. Well, I will now wrap up the show and then we will continue to discuss higher learning more in depth with you, spoilers. Do you have a challenge for me, though? I do. We're going to do with the challenge. Announce that before we, we get into that. This is a challenge. I challenge you to watch Drive. Drive. You've I've heard. I've heard. You did a logo based off of the font. You should probably see the movie. You'd be surprised how many fucking posters there are for Drive. <laughs> there's a lot, and there's only like one that has that that font on it. Yeah. So I've heard mixed reviews on Drive. Mixed reviews. I've heard some people. It's pretty say universally it, loved. I've heard some people say it's like the greatest movie ever, and then I've heard people say it's like it's kind of boring he doesn't do anything <laughs> so uh, i will say the first time i saw it was on so i'll go with tempered expectations i won't go in too high or too low i'll yeah. just be like okay um uh, maybe it's a little similar to your experience with higher learning but i remember the first time i saw drive just on blu-ray heard so many good things about it and maybe one of the best movies of the year all this stuff and i watched mm-hmm. it and i'm like Eh, it's okay. I like the soundtrack. It's an '80s feel to the soundtrack. It's an original score soundtrack, mm-hmm. so it's not like '80s hits or anything. Yeah, but it's music that's kind of similar to '80s inspired. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of cool, but you know, eh, it's all right. And then like a year later, I watched it again after a tall glass of water, and one of the best experiences of my life. <laughs> It's like, this movie kicks ass. I've watched it probably 20 times since then. So that's that's what I'm kind of talking about. Like, I've heard, like, you had the the, the same experience within yourself, you know? It's like, eh, it's mm-hmm. okay. And then There's been plenty the, of movies where I've, like... It's the best movie ever. Thought it was okay or something like that. And then watch it again. I'm like, yeah, this is wow. pretty fucking good. Yeah, I've had, I've had that experience with some movies, too, so... Yeah. I'm kind of looking forward to it because I've been wanting to watch it. It just, you know. Hasn't come on a lot of the movie channels. Hasn't popped up anywhere. Well, that is your assignment for the next Recently Seen Up. Uh, we will be starting our Summer of Sam next week. Mm-hmm. Sam is in S for Sylvester, A for Arnold, and M for Mel. Yep. So June, July, August, you're going to get movies from those three guys. Once a month. So a so, uh, Sylvester movie will be out next month. So next week. Yes, yeah, next week. So I haven't, we haven't decided what movie yet, but we're going back and forth between Demolition Man and Over the Top. We're just trying to work out some logistics. <laughs> yeah. So stay tuned for that. Uh, otherwise, please rate and review. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, 
a bunch of different podcast apps. Check out our merch. Yeah. Teespring.com slash stores slash WTM watch this movie. There you go. Uh, check out our website at WTMWatchThisMovie.com. You can email us at WatchThisMovie at Yahoo.com. And uh, follow us on Twitter at WatchThis underscore movie or Brett at PositivelyWolf1. So now on to spoilers for higher learning. So yeah, the the rape happens pretty quick. Yeah, like I told you at work, I there's so much stuff that goes on in there that I I totally forgot about that storyline. Like I kind of remembered that they, you know, her and Jennifer Connelly get together, but I had forgotten that that was kind of the catalyst for it. Was the rape with Billy getting a little too eager? Yeah, that was that uh, Jay Ferguson character. Okay, and he's from uh, I. Recently, I knew him from Mad Men because I was like, that's the fucker from Mad Men, isn't it? <laughs> I looked it up, sure enough. I mean, he's been in a bunch of things more recently, but. I didn't recognize him, but Jay Ferguson sounds like a familiar name. Yeah. I think he's kind of more well known just now because before Mad Men, I don't think he was in all that much. Yeah. You know, here or there. But I think he's blown up a little bit since then. Um, yeah, there were some good performances. Uh, Omar Epps. I really liked him in O. You ever seen O? No. I like O. Was that Othello? Yeah. An urban retelling of Othello. With Julia Stiles. Yeah. And Josh Hartnett. Yeah. 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 Another Minnesota boy. Yeah. Friend yeah. of a friend yeah. of a friend. <laughs> well, <laughs> former <laughs> lab partner of a, of a friend. <laughs> She'd get mad if she knew that we called him a friend of hers. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was, that's kind of a movie that sneaks up on you. It's not the most critically heralded, mm. kind of mixed reviews. Yeah. I think most people were kind of mixed on it. I ended up liking it. I guess it was the movie that got me to start liking Josh Hartnett's work. Because mm. he plays a real piece of shit in there and he plays him pretty well. Yeah. I haven't seen a lot of Josh Hartnett, but yeah, I wasn't fond of him early on. But then, as it his career went on, I started to like him quite a bit. But uh, back to higher learning, um, yeah, Omar Epps is his performance is fine. Yeah, nothing special, but not bad. I, know, I guess all the main performances are all solid to pretty good. Tower Banks is okay, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it was just surprising that. She didn't suck because you're like, well, Tyra Banks. Well, this would have been really earlier in her career, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think she did uh, Fresh Prince after this. Fresh Prince ended in like 96, so this is 95. Was it that reason? It was when Will was in college. She was on Fresh Prince. Okay. So it was towards the end. Yeah. But uh, so maybe it was simultaneous. But yeah, it, you know. Her role isn't that huge, but I thought all the performances were good. Um, you definitely kind of see uh, the, like as you'd say, like tribalism that's going on, you know, even on, you know, co- on college campuses, even though people are trying to come together and unify, you know, people kind of stick around other people that they're comfortable with. And they're familiar with, 
you could also say the opposite about today's colleges and how they they try to unite by segregating. Yeah, which is super confusing. Like we should do, you know, uh, a commencement for just the black students, and then we should do a commencement for just the Hispanic students. Yeah, it's like well, why why don't I thought you wanted to unite people and bring them all together, not separate. But that I don't understand because y'all because everybody spent. How many years trying to integrate and, you know, end segregation, and now it's un-PZ to say we should integrate. Yeah. <laughs> so. Big 180. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. And then the way the uh, the black students were treated, which, you know, it g- kind of gives a, a good perspective of why those people would feel like they're, you know, the system is against them because anytime there was a a situation going on, campus police was asking the black kids for their ID, telling Mm -hmm. them to disperse. How many times did they arrest Omar Epps when some white kid came and punched him in the face? Yeah. You know? They let uh, Remy go running past them after he was shooting people off the the school... uh, off the, the roof of the building just so they could go arrest uh, Omar's character for punching him in the face. Yeah, I mean, I thought if they just would have, if he would have just stuck to the uh, racial tensions aspect, I would have liked the movie quite a bit more, I think. Yeah. I just think the whole, the rape subplot with her, you know, experimenting Mm-hmm. You know, lesbian subplot it just it didn't really go anywhere and it kind of just took away from i guess what i thought was the better part of the movie right because she gets raped well i mean she's well willfully having sex with a guy until he doesn't put a condom on yeah and then but- she's you know tells him to stop and he doesn't mm-hmm. and he gets real grabby and like does he kind of strangle her at one point almost I think he, so. He, yeah. he restrains her somehow. Yeah. So he yeah, like he grabs getting, her arms and holds her down. Yeah, he holds her down and um and then she finally gets out and you know, runs out the front door and um you know, he's chasing after her and all the frat boys are cheering him on and like, Yeah, you got laid, you're so <laughs> Remy, who's just a complete fucking outcast, can't fit in with anybody. Yeah. You know, He's trying to get some details and, you know, they kind of get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do kind of get into the whole, uh, you know, she doesn't want to report it because it's embarrassing and it's her word against his. And, yeah. You know, which is a huge theme of the Me Too movement is like, well, why didn't you come, you know, come forward when it happened? It's like, well. You know, it's it's tough. Yeah, it's not the easiest thing to talk about, uh, especially in even a semi-public forum. Yeah. You know, a lot of women don't want to appear in court. They don't always have to, but sometimes and know, then, they don't want to testify. You know, they don't want that stuff. Well, then, you there. know, they make you relive this the incident, and then they, they drag your name through the mud, you know, to say, well... You know, look at the reputation here and, mm-hmm. you know, they do everything to to try to discredit you and for some victims it's not worth it, you know. Yeah. 
So, um, I did like to, um, you notice at the beginning when, uh, Omar and Christy are on the elevator and she's grabbing her, her purse yeah, and he's just like rolls his eyes at her. And then at the end, there are the two that are, you know, coming together at the, uh, the site of where Tyra Banks was shot mm-hmm. and, um. You can kind of see the growth, and finally, something has broken the barrier between, you know, these two groups of people, and brought, you know, everybody together. Yeah. Even though it was a tragedy, you know, mm-hmm. it still brought people together. That's the thing with the rape subplot, though. The rape thing is kind of unresolved at the end, just like her possible yeah. homosexuality. Because that doesn't really even really come to fruition much. You know, Jennifer Connelly is no. saying, you know, you sure you really want to do this? You know, that type mm. of thing. And they don't, I mean, they kiss a little bit, but they don't really do anything other than that. Yeah. I think it was more of a catalyst to um, get her involved in the, you know, all the campus activism and stuff. Because she was kind of behind the uh, the rally they were having when yeah. when Remy was up on the the roof shooting, mm-hmm. and I don't know. They probably could have gotten away without including how you know or who uh, was responsible for creating that incident, that event, or or why she felt the need to do it. But you know, I I think it was okay the way they did it. Yeah, I just wish Lawrence Fishburne didn't have an accent. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why he has an accent. Maybe they were trying to play up the immigrant angle because of the neo-Nazi guys there, or you know, they thought everyone was invading, you know, and maybe the race mixers and all that. And so, like, they're immigrants. Come, maybe like he was supposed to represent all the immigrants, or maybe as an immigrant, you know, he has it harder than somebody who was born in America to show, you know, that. You know, if he can achieve, then, you know, Omar shouldn't feel entitled to anything. He should he should be able to work his way up the same way that Lawrence Fishburne's character did. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know if that's what they're going for or not. Well, with but. fresh breath. <laughs> Hopefully. I always have a peppermint. <laughs> Racism did not cause you to forget to use periods. <laughs> Did not prevent you from putting a comma in the correct place. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Omar was expecting special treatment, you know, because they're, you know, both black and mm-hmm. he's going to look out for them. But, you know, it was, it's a good life lesson, I think, that you shouldn't expect handouts from anybody for any reason. And, you know, put in the work and, and do a good job and you'll achieve it's the American way. Yeah. It's supposed to be, at least. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Yeah, anything else you want to talk about? Uh, I guess the end was kind of ruined for me when I looked it up on IMDb, and the the first or second screenshot at the top was skinhead Michael Rapaport with a rifle. Yeah. Oh, this is at a university. This can only end well. Mm-hmm. We didn't really talk about... Uh, the neo-nazis that much but like you can see how an impressionable person who's kind of an outcast can fall into that type Mm -hmm. of uh 
you know, mentality. How kids get groomed into that shit. When, uh, you know, he's, he feels like, you know, he's being passed up for stuff or, you know, he's being put down and these other guys are telling him, you know, it's affirmative action. That's, you know, you're, you're being discriminated against because you're white and all that shit. So you can kind of see, you know, how somebody who's feeling disenfranchised can kind of fall into to believing that that um, that rhetoric. But, you know, Cole Hauser's character was the only neo-Nazi who seemed to have any kind of coherent thoughts in his head, whereas the other two were just fucking meatheads mm-hmm. who were, you know, racist for racist reasons. Yeah, yeah Cole Hauser because. was... Was a pretty good uh, manipulator. Yeah, kind of saw how he kind of. It's almost like he had it planned out from day one. You know, not quite, but. Mm-hmm. They're watching the news. You know, like two people died before the gunman killed himself, and he's Cole Hauser's kind of smiling and. Yeah. Kind of, it's almost like yeah, my plan finally came to fruition. Mm-hmm. It worked, but like. I think even he kind of has, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? But I mean, he, he did say he he killed somebody in, in the past, but yeah. we don't know if that's bullshit. But he, he could have just been saying it to yeah, we're act the other, hard in front of Michael Rappaport. Where the other guys were, were all gung-ho about, you know, starting a race war and fighting the black kids and stuff like that. Like, he seemed to be a little more reasoned into, you know... This isn't, you know, you you have to be a little more strategic. With he was reading the art of war. Yeah, he, he was. <laughs> well, I mean, it, he was. He was. They uh, didn't actually show that in but, the movie, yeah. but it seemed like he was. His character was a little more. Uh, he had to more be more strategic with. Yeah. With, you know, trying to implement their ideals, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it. You know, shooting people off a of the roof of a building doesn't really achieve much of anything mm-hmm. as far as, you know, what they're trying to accomplish. But like I said, if anything, it brought everybody closer together and kind of broke down the barriers that were dividing the the two racial groups. Yeah. I don't know. Anything else jump out at you you want to discuss? Not really. Um, I think we mentioned Ice Cube is fantastic in this. Left his character. Mm. Doughboy went to college. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get ready to steal. Actually, he didn't because he got he was, he was killed in a robbery a few months later. <laughs> was he? Well, when the, at the end of Boys in the Hood, and they're it's been a while since he's I've walking seen it. Ac- back across the street to his house, and I think it says it was like a botched robbery or something like that, and then okay. Doughboy disappears from the from the picture yeah i haven't watched boys in the hood in years so i don't remember i like though that ice cube was you know the intellectual and he was trying to use knowledge to to kind of fight his war mm-hmm. if you want to call it that but and well, he's, he should have the fucking knowledge since he's a super <laughs> super senior he's trying to steal the information <laughs> but i like too that he was trying to impart it on the other you know, younger students like he was trying to get Omar Epps to to want to read his books just because he wanted to read, not 
because he had to do a, a paper on it. Yeah. So, you know. But, you know, like I mentioned before, I think if you watch it again, you kind of pick up, uh, you know, stuff that you may have missed or been confused about the first time, and it it kind of fits together better. Yeah. Maybe a first-time viewing it just came off as a little melodramatic and cheesy at parts, but I could definitely see myself watching it again and liking it more. Yeah. Because like I said, like the first time I watched it, I kind of felt the same way. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's okay. It's a little busy, but uh, but I found myself wanting to watch it again. Yeah. All right. Well, that will do it. We will check you later. All right, check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking about? Check you later. Check you later. Hey, man, you lost my case.